we're gonna deck some halls. It's Christmas Eve, all who believe Santa is here. But once a year, all girls and boys dream of new toys. Soundly they sleep, wishes to keep. Jing, jingling, come hear us sing. Rests on the door, stockings and more. Magic this thrice, spells come alive. Stone in the air, laughter to share. It's that time of year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas! Santa is here. Or he has already come. Or did Krampus visit? Or did you get a visit from Krampus? Uh, yeah. I hope not. Not our listeners. No, not our Everybody, Everybody that listens to the Homewrecker podcast was a good girl and boy. Yeah. Hopefully. We hope. Anyhow, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Homewrecker podcast. I'm the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Monique, Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, my love. Thank you very much. So, as you can hear, we've got Carol of the Bells going on, and this is from the opening of the movie we're going to be talking about today, which is called A Christmas Horror Story. I love this movie. Yes, this is a movie you turned me on to. I did. So we're going to talk about that today, but first, how was your Christmas? I was with you. Excellent. Good answer. Yeah, Christmas Eve. It's our Christmas Day. Yeah, our listeners are listening to us on Christmas Day, so maybe their day is just beginning. Could be. Maybe you're on the way to grandma's house or something. A relative or a friend. Maybe you're preparing for everyone to come over. They all left. Or you're listening to us two weeks later. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. But anyway, this is coming out on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Now, I understand that you have some exciting news. Okay. I'll try not to sound like a spaz about it. You're not pregnant. She's not pregnant, everybody. We're not not making the family any bigger. Not not now, anyway. No. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) As a lot of our, if you listen to our podcast, you know I read tarot, and I've decided to take a really big step and start scheduling appointments for readings. So you have started a business. I have started a business for tarot reading. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. So I have a website. I created a new Instagram, and the Twitter that I use now will be the same. I'm not going to add a new Twitter account for this. So if... Have you ever given your personal Twitter account out on this podcast? I don't think you have. I have. Have you? Yeah. Okay. I tag us and stuff. I was saying, have you ever said it on the podcast? Because I don't think you have. I have. Have you? I'm going to give all the information out in a moment. Okay. If you go to my website, it's really easy to remember. www.tarotbymonique.com We'll have the link in our show notes. My new Instagram, Tarot by Monique. Again, really, I'm trying to make it easy for everybody. 
and my Twitter, underscore Monique Giselle, underscore. So it's at underscore M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-G-I-S-E-L-E, underscore. And that's how you can follow me. If you go to my website, it's still kind of a work in progress. I'm hoping by the time this comes out, it'll be good. But you can go on now and schedule appointments. So go on, click on schedule an appointment, book an appointment, and make your appointment with me. Yeah, get a get a tarot reading yeah. from Monique. And since it's Christmas, I'm in the giving spirit. I will give a free tarot reading to the first five listeners who DM me on either my Twitter account or my Instagram account. So Instagram, Tarot by Monique. Twitter, underscore Monique Giselle, underscore. Send me a DM and in the message, put Homewrecker. That way I know you listen to this and that you, you're going to get a free reading. For the first five people? The first five people who do it. And this is, this is uh, before the new year, correct? Yes. Okay, so they've got about a week yeah. to take you up on this. Merry Christmas from me. Merry Christmas, yeah, from you. And congratulations on this. It's pretty exciting. It I, is. I'm really proud of you. I love it. Thank it's you. awesome. It's very cool. For me, it's it's a very big leap. Yeah. But take going in head on and I'm ready to jump on in. That's the only way you can do it. You can't really dip your toe in the yeah. pool here. You got to just kind of jump in, especially if you're doing like a business. You yeah. just got to kind of jump into it, well, so... I'm I've very always, proud of you. It's a big, you. big step. I've always had a driving force. I just want to help people. So this is my way to help people. Great. That's awesome. Do you have anything else you'd like to add with that? Or do you want to uh, just help people kind of forget about everything and listen to us talk about this fantastic movie that we just watched again? Oh, this again? is such a wonderful movie. So let's, let's get let's into it. Let's dig in. Yeah. All right. Rock and roll. So I want to start with how I found this movie. Okay. I was home and I think you might have been at work. And I tend to watch movies that you'll have no interest in watching. I'll even go as far as to text you and say, do you want to watch this movie? So if you say no, I know I'm good. This was one of those movies. Yeah, and, and that's kind of now a thing with us. We don't, we kind of watch stuff together only. We, if, yeah, so I do the same thing for you now. It's a courtesy. It is. I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is awesome alex needs to watch it it was really good i wasn't expecting it to be as entertaining as i found it i was pleasantly surprised i was pleasantly surprised when i watched it for the first time with you as well what a what a great movie so i think we have to obviously yeah. say spoilers yes yeah, this is gonna be a spoilerific all of, movie all review movie reviews if you will. and discussions are yeah but th th yeah i think we saw i saw this for the first time last year and I yes. can't remember, did you watch it for the first time last year or had you been on me for a while to it was, watch it? It was last year, but I watched it in, I want to say it was like maybe early spring when I watched it. Okay, so you watched it several months before. Because, I, I, yeah, I remember it being you were kind of on me to watch this movie we for a while. We watched it in and then, 2018. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm saying is you watched it first, but then yeah. you were, you'd been after me to watch it for a while before I actually did, yes. is what I'm saying. Okay. It's usually how it is. Yeah, well... What are you That's okay. Do? What are you gonna do? That's how I, that's how I am. But as as usual, I I should just trust you and and, <laughs> and and listen to or watch something that you recommend a lot sooner than I typically do. But you know, so we finally watched it together, and yeah, this movie was awesome, so good. So it's a I, I'm not sure if there's got to be a technical term or an industry term for this type of movie, but. Basically, it's five separate stories that are all interwoven together. 
you've got five different, I guess, plots going, going on. on but they're all kind of intertwined. They all relate to each other in some way. So you've got... Well, it all takes place on Christmas Eve. It all takes place on Christmas Eve. It all takes place... Well, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't all take place in the mythical town or the fictional town. It starts at the North Pole. It does with Santa. With Santa and the elves in the workshop. You want to tell us what happens in this opening scene? Well, the opening scene is just Santa and he's walking over to the reindeer. Yeah. And he has this like long staff and he's over by the sleigh and thumping comes on the doors and he the, yeah, turns there's around. These, like, there's like these barn doors almost yeah. like and there's a big light, bright light on the other side of him and there's thumping. And Santa turns around and he's kind of beat up but he looks like this badass Santa. Yeah. He's not like typical jolly ho ho ho. This is like a man who can throw down. Yeah. He's all beat up. He's got like a big scratch on his face. He's like he's got blood all over that staff kind yeah. of thing that he's holding he's so you bloody. know you know there's something this guy's this just been through yeah he's, war. he's been in the shit so <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and he he reaches over and doesn't he grab like the uh the chain with like uh yeah he goes to grab the chain from like the sleigh yeah like by and, the sleigh and yeah. then he and then he kind of the doors kind of because he's getting ready to get the reindeer right and then uh he sees the door kind of thumping and the light on the other side and then he then puts it, the chain down and he grabs the axe yes and then we go to the next scene and that is dangerous dan a radio dj played by william shatner yeah and he's in the radio station on christmas yeah, eve on so he's christmas doing his christmas eve. eve show he's taking out the eggnog he's got I, his he's got his alcohol i didn't realize william shatner was in this movie until i watched it yeah well so, yeah you didn't tell me he was in it either so i, didn't I was know. so surprised i'm like oh william yeah. shatner's in this okay it's gonna be awesome yeah, right <laughs> And he and he was awesome in this movie. He was great. He's I mean, awesome he's, he's William everything. Shatner, so yeah, yeah. He's if you're a Bill Shatner fan, then you're gonna love this movie, <laughs> or at least know his how part someone of it. Cannot be. <laughs> right? He's great. So after Dangerous Dan is at the radio station, he's in the radio station and he's talking with the weatherman, the weatherman, the meteorologist Norm. Norm, yeah. Norm's going out to the mall for the food drive. The f- yeah, and. He's at, he's like asking him to give his thoughts on Christmas. Yeah, right? and he writes something down. And he he writes his... something down on a piece of paper and he smacks it onto the sound booth. Norman, is there any truth to the rumor that a very special guest is going to be making an appearance at the food drive? Norman? Hmm? Oh, hey, Norman. He's writing me a, <laughs> a little Christmas card. This is exciting. What's it going to say? Oh, Norman. Susan, did you see that? You know who saw that? Jesus saw that. And his dad, he he saw that. All right, folks, looks like uh, Norman's hitting the trails. So uh, we'll just get this Christmas party started without him. Yes, sir. We're going to share the spirit. We're going to deck some halls. I'm going to get Susan under the mistletoe. And you, my little elves... You're gonna to listen to one of my favorite songs. Uh, uh, the, the the glass in the sound booth, and and it says, "Fuck Christmas." Exactly. So, <laughs> I should should I should I be bleeping that out? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Now, nah, whatever. It, it, the movie we're talking about, we're gonna be swearing. It's rated R. It, it's yeah. not so, rated. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's it's not rated. You're right. I apologize. Mm-hmm. So from there, it cuts to the next story, and that is Molly, Ben, and Dylan. And they're at their school, which is closed for Christmas vacation. But something happened at their school. 
a year before and they want to investigate it. Yeah, and somehow this girl Molly has gotten a hold of police videotape of a crime scene. Mm-hmm. One of the, the officers year. she used to babysit for. Is that oh that's that yeah, okay. That's so that, see that's a detail I missed. I, all right. Uh, I'm glad you caught that. And she's watching they're watching this this video of the crime scene. It's like it, a crime scene investigation. It's like a walkthrough with the officers. Yeah. The video and, and and there was these two students from the school, they're these these characters' classmates that died. They were brutally murdered. Brutally murdered. They yes. never found out who did it. Right. And that was in the basement of the school. So Molly's some kind of wannabe journalist. She she has an interest in journalism. So she's trying yeah. to get the real story about what happened. Yeah. And Ben and Dylan are there to help. Yeah, Dylan is the one holding the camera, and then Ben is the one with holding, the audio, holding the uh, yeah, doing the audio. He's got the boom mic and all that kind of stuff. So we find out that they're waiting for their friend, Dylan's girlfriend, Caprice, to get into the school. She has the keys. She shows up, gives gives them the keys, but has to take off because she's got told there's a last minute family trip she has to go on. Yes, and that's where our next story goes to. So we blend into the next story with Caprice and her family. Mm-hmm. Who her is, brother, Dylan. No, her brother's Duncan. Uh, Duncan, She's got a you. younger brother, Duncan, who's probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, maybe. Mm, something like that. I'd say 11, 12. Yeah, right, right around there. Yeah. Her mom, Diane, and her dad, Taylor. And they're on their way to see Aunt Edda. Mm-hmm. As they're driving by, they drive, drive by a truck, and people are getting out of it, and that goes to the next story. Which is Scott. Kim. Kim and Will. Now, Scott is a police officer, we find out, and they are looking for a, Chris- a Christmas tree. Scott takes them to like a, just like a, a wooded area. It's, yeah, it's like the woods. It's just the, the woods. Yeah, the just somewhere on the side of the road. We're going to cut down our own tree. Yeah, but they're coming up to a gate with a no trespassing sign on it. And so his wife says, Scott, we shouldn't go in here. No, oh, who cares? Nobody's around. Don't worry about it. She's like, oh, nice, nice role model for a, for a police officer. Yeah way to be and he's just like well there's no one around and when when that happened all i thought to myself re-watching it all i thought to myself was character and the definition of character which is character is what you do when no one else is around and looking that's how you that's how you know your true character so right away i was like okay there's something up with this guy because he's just very subtle. Maybe it wasn't even intended to be put there like that, but that's the way I took it. And right away, I was like, okay, this guy's... Well, his story this guy. unfolds. He, yes. He's seen some shit too, so... He has, yes. And the stories basically go kind of one after another, after another, Yeah, they kind of cut... Yeah, exactly. So, they, so the rest of the movie is basically just cutting back to Sand at the North Pole, back to D- Dangerous Dan at the radio station, and then we've got the kids in the school the family trip and we've got the police officer and his family, which they cut down their Christmas tree. Their son, Dylan gets lost for a minute. They go, Will, their son, Will. Will, excuse See, me. Now I'm messing you up on the names. Yeah. Great. Their Thanks son, Will, their son, their son, Will gets lost. He, he went into like a, a huge tree that had its trunk kind of hollowed out. Yeah. He went into that tree. tree and then they ended up finding him or what they thought was him, but we find out later it's really not Will. No. It was a changeling. It was a changeling. Yeah. Yes. So we find all that out. So I guess, do you want to go through this thing chronologically or do you want to just kind of explain how these things... Let's just give a brief synopsis of each story well, that's, so we can I mean, talk. Well, that's, kind of, that's yeah. kind of it. So I guess Santa at the North Pole, 
basically Santa, the elves become infected somehow with some kind of a zombie virus. We don't know how. It never explains it. No, because one of the elves is acting weird and then he dies and Santa's like, elves can't die. Yeah. One like, of the, elves don't die. Yeah. One of the elves is acting really strange. Uh, Mrs. Claus comes and brings cookies for them to Marta. take a little break. Yeah. She, <laughs> she comes to bring cookies and this elf is just like... I think it's shiny. Is shiny it shiny? The shiny the elf. He's like, I don't know why you're. What, what was the line? You got to look this okay, one up. I gotta find it. Yeah, get this line because this line is great, and and it's just so unexpected. <laughs> and you're like, what is this? What is going on? The first time that that we watched it, I'm like, what is? What the hell is going on here? He says, I said I don't want a goddamn cookie, you reindeer fucking snow whore. That's what it was. Yeah, what a line. I said I don't want a goddamn cookie. You reindeer fucking snow whore! Tremendous. It was so great. And and, and this guy, this uh, this elf, I should say, it, he's just the the got the pottiest potty mouth. <laughs> the, the rest of the movie. But it just goes because they're all so goody goody and happy yeah. elves. Yeah. And they're so sweet and they work so hard in Cookie Break. And he's just, that's not how they act. They yeah. know something's wrong. Right. So he he, he yells that at, at uh, Mrs. Claus. And then he picked, he, what was he working on? He was on? working, he's like on working something. On he had something. like a little hatchet. Yeah. So he's got his little hatchet. He's working on making a toy or doing something. And then he just raises up the hatchet. And I thought, he, oh, he's going to get Mrs. Claus in the head or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, he just decides he's going to hack his own hand off. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah. He goes <laughs> into this? like this seizure and then he just. And then he just dies. dies. So it's like, huh? And that's where one of the other elves, was that Jingles maybe? I think it was Jingles. It's like, that's impossible. Elves can't die, right, Santa? And then Santa's like, no, Jingles. Elves don't die or something along those lines. But it's just like, okay, now you know something's going on. Something's amiss. Something's going on. So the, the rest of the Santa story is him basically going around his workshop and all the elves slowly become infected and he's got to basically kill them all. He beheads one, he scalps one, he stabs them in the head. Just brutal deaths. Your reaction to it is always so like, you're like, like, I'm not into the gory stuff, especially when it's really, really gratuitous. And this was, so I just, yeah, it's just not my thing. I mean, so I can do scary. I can do horror. It's just when it's that gratuitous violence. I'm just kind of like, ah. It's I think just not what helped thing. me is knowing they're fictional characters. Yeah, so. the, that's that's fine. But still, just I don't know. Yeah. The older I get, the more I'm like, ah, I get not squeamish, but I'm almost like, all right, too much. I don't know. That's just me. So you get to the very end of the Santa story. Why don't we hold off on that though? Well, not. I'm not going to give the very end away. But who does he face at the very end? Towards the end of the story, excuse me. Krumpus. That's right. It's a showdown. You you find out, you come back and you find out who was behind those doors and it's Krumpus mm-hmm. for now. Let's go over to Dangerous Dan. So Dangerous Dan's at the station. We talked about how Norm, the weatherman, holds up that sign. He's he's in a bad mood. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't care about Christmas, but so, he's on his way over to the mall yeah, for the food, for the drive. food drive. Dan yes. starts pouring his drinks in the eggnog. He's, yep. he's ready for the long shift of working Christmas Eve into Christmas. Yes, and that's every time it cuts to him, he's talking about Christmas, and then kind of towards the middle of the movie, he finds out that there's something going on at the mall, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get Dan to check, or excuse me, yeah, Norm tra- to check in. They're trying to get Norm to check in, and then later on in a segment, it's there's something going on at the mall, 
they're not quite sure everyone stay away from the mall. Yeah. And then a little later on, it's something I don't think I picked up on the first time I watched it, but I did the second time. Uh, It's kind of towards the end where he's talking about something happened at the mall and it's Christmas time. Think about the ones that you love. And he has a Christmas card and it's one of the families from our other stories. Right. It's it's yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's the family Caprice and her family is Dangerous Dan's family. So Mm -hmm. that's how these these are kind of intertwined there. That's pretty much most of his story. Yeah. He's just kind of in the radio station. And, and his, it's his family that is on that trip to see Aunt Etta. Mm-hmm. Now we go to the next story. And the quick synopsis of this one, Molly, Ben, and Dylan, they break into the school with the set of keys that Caprice gave them. They sneak, well, they, yeah, they get in, but they while they're in roaming the hallways, they hear the principal on the phone. So the principal is in the school and he's on the phone and they kind of hurriedly sneak into the basement of the school or academy. I think they called it an academy. Yeah, it was an academy. It's fancy. Right. So they get down into the basement and it's pretty creepy. It's it's a basement. Yeah. I mean, what do you well, do? Well, the school used to be um, a covenant. covenant. Yeah. yeah. It, and so what we find out is that they used to send young girls there who got pregnant because many, many years ago, that was something that back then you didn't, not like now, oh, you're a teenager, you got pregnant, you either have the baby, put it up for adoption, whatever you want to do. Back then it was, you were sent away where nobody could see you. And a lot of times it was places like that where you would have your baby. And this one girl there had I was her name Grace I believe and this it's kind of following the story about her she was pregnant and she claimed that she didn't have sex with anyone and nobody believed her she ended up dying while trying to abort her baby all right so these two these three are down in the in the basement because they're trying to figure out what happened to their classmates Mm -hmm. from the previous year they go into the room where the bodies were found there's still some, there was some writing and blood on the wall at the original, uh, when the crime originally happened. And it, the writing is still kind of, you could still see it on the wall. Like they tried to wash the blood, it was writing in blood and they tried to wash it off, but you could still see it there. It's like it kind it's of very, just seeped through again. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of faded, but it, it's not as pronounced as it was the year prior, but it's still there. Now, some weird stuff starts happening to these kids while they're down there. They get. Uh, like the lights go out and they try to get out the heat's back. Not working. The heat's not working. They try to get back upstairs and the none of the keys are working to get them out. They're no. they're locked in. They're and locked they're, in. And their phones have signal, but, but they, they can't, can't call out. They can't call text. out. Nothing's working. Right. So they're stuck there and they're all theorizing that, oh, it must be the principal. He must know we're here. He locked us in. He's probably down here with us. He's probably the killer because nobody ever found the killer of their classmates from the year prior. So that killer is still on the loose. So that's now they're thinking, oh, the principal's down here with us. Anyhow, getting towards kind of the end of their story, because we can give this one away. Yeah. So the, I feel like they did a good job kind of leading you one way and then having something else happen. But essentially, Molly ends up getting possessed by that ghost. The ghost of the girl, yes. And she tries to hook up with Dylan. And Dylan's like, uh, I have a girlfriend. Oh, because when she got possessed, she had what 
seemed she like had, a little she seizure. Had like a seizure. So and she was passed out. Yeah. yeah. So the two boys are waking up. Uh, we're sleeping, and she comes and wakes up Dylan, brings him to that room where the two where the two were killed. Were killed. Yes. And she tries to fool around with him, and he's like, "No, I have a girlfriend. Are you like?" He's like, "Are you okay? You're not yourself." Truly concerned, like a good friend should be. Yeah. And then she looks annoyed. And then we go to her waking up Ben. Yes. And he's like, where's Dylan? And she, she kinda, doesn't really say anything. Yeah. She's kind of like, yeah, he, she made it sound like he wanted to fool around and she didn't. Yeah. She then. She forces him onto a chair and they have sex. Okay. He, I, I was mean, going to try to word it better, but yeah. Well, I, what are you, you going to, how else are you going to word it? What are you going to say? Oh, they had intercourse. What are you going to say? No, I was going to say she seduced him. Not but. really. I mean, she kind of forced him on the chair and then just <laughs> took his pants off and went for it. <laughs> was yeah. Kind of, she didn't really seduce him. She just kind of, boom, here you go. So Ben had a fun, <laughs> what, 20 seconds? Uh, yeah. 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 They show the entire act. Yeah. So about 20 seconds. I mean, nothing, fun. nothing explicit, but no, 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 you can just, tell what's yeah. going on, obviously. And then like, as soon as he's done, she gets up and then it's like she, Molly wakes up and she's like, yeah, like what she the comes fuck? Out, she comes out yeah. of her trance, yeah. if you will. And she's like, what did you do to me? And he's like, what did I do to you? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do to me? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck did you do to me? What did I do to you? Then... They're like, where's Dylan? And they find him in the other room. He did. He did? He dead. Yeah. He's so dead. Yeah, he's... he's he got a crucifix to the eye, the skull. Yeah, he's something. No, no longer with us. No, and dearly then, departed. Yes, and then Ben also meets his maker mm-hmm. as the ghost of grace appears holding an aborted fetus, it looks like, right? And she walks over. She kind of forces him with her kind of like the, powers the other kid the died. Yeah, um, he, kind of like in a crucifix position, forced up against the wall. And somehow he's stuck snaps. against the wall. Yeah, I don't she, know how. And she snaps his neck. And she snaps his neck. And then she places her. Does she? Does she? No, she takes her hand. She touches Molly's she touches stomach. Molly's stomach. And basically, Molly realizes that the ghost wants her to carry her child yeah and the other two that were there the year before wouldn't right so that's why they were killed and so now molly walks out of the basement yeah everything unlocks everything's open door uh, like yeah just opens she walks out and that's the end of that story so we know that molly now is going to have a ghost baby or something she's gonna have a baby she's gonna have ben's kid ben's not gonna be around to see his child all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Guess moving. that one. They didn't think that through very well. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid ghost. Right. So now we go to Caprice and the family trip. So they go to see Aunt Etta. And we realize these are rich assholes. Yeah. I got to say, that's one thing about... Well, well, we'll go into this story and then I'll give some thoughts. But they're on their way to see the aunt and the dad is saying he just wants everybody to have a nice Christmas, just be a family for once. And we find out the trip they're going on is it's four hours away from where they're from. And they get to see Aunt Etta and she obviously is very wealthy, big, huge house, a big estate. She's elderly. She has a, is he a servant? Is he a housekeeper? Uh, what is he? I would think, Gerhard uh, is his name. Uh, Kind of just like a maybe a groundskeeper, maybe maybe something like that. But he's he works for the aunt. 
could tell he's, he's yeah. like an employee of the aunt. And he's he's played by Julian Richings, who is... Death from Supernatural. So Are you, you Supernatural fans? So if you watch Supernatural, he plays Death in that show. While they're inside of the house, Taylor takes the grandmother into another room. Or the, uh, the aunt, excuse me, takes Aunt Etta into another room to talk to her about something. We don't know what yet. While they're out, the rest of the family is just kind of hanging around. Mom pours herself a drink. Mom pours herself a drink. Caprice is looking at a lighter. And uh, the brother, Duncan, is looking at a couple of Christmas figurines. Well, and there was one of Krampus, a figurine, yes. and, like an ornament that she's like, don't touch that. So, of course, what does he do when she leaves the room? Goes right over to it. Yeah, it goes right over, starts touching it, playing with it. And then Gerhardt comes in and tells him not to touch it. What does this little jerk do? He n- purposely knocks it off the table and it breaks. What a dick. What a little jerk. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, the family ends up, uh, she comes back out with the father, the aunt comes out with Taylor, sees that the figurine's broken, immediately tells them they have to leave, that if she's not feeling well, they must leave. Yeah, so she, She's having she, a spell or something. So, yeah, so she kicks them out of her house, and they're just like, what the? So they all leave, and they're driving back, and of course, on the way back, they're all complaining about everything, and... The father's like, oh, I just want to have a nice family time with my family on Christmas. Couldn't even last five minutes. Couldn't even last five minutes. And then he sees something running across the street. And it's snowing out. It's it's wintry. It's snowing. You see something run across the street. He swerves to avoid it and gets his car stuck on the side of the road. They get out of the car. They're going to try, try to walk back to Aunt Etta's house. And... That's where the fun happens. That's when the fun starts with Krampus showing up. Oh, yeah. But you don't see him at first. You don't see him at first. Dad gets hit with something, uh, Taylor, and all of a sudden he's bleeding. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's, his guts are it's like, coming out of his stomach. It's he's like bleeding he, real bad. Yeah. He got hit by something, but you can't see what. And they're like, and he's like, am I bleeding? <laughs> you know, like, like what do you say? Yeah. Like, have I been shot? Like, he has no clue what yeah. happened. Yeah. Then... They've got a flare that they're using to yeah, get through for light. The, yeah. But then all of a sudden, something grabs the son Duncan, his son Duncan. Yes. And kind of wraps, like a chain wraps, catches him by his feet, wraps around, and then drags him away. Yeah, drags him away. He's holding the flare. Mom and Caprice go running for him to try to save him. And then they can't find him. The flare goes out. Flare goes out. They, they regroup. They get Taylor. They all go to a church. Yeah, something's after them. So something's after them. They go into the church, come to find out it's Krampus. But before they, they thought, before they find out that it is him, they're they're theorizing, what is that? What could it be? Oh, and then Taylor comes up with the idea that, oh, well, Krampus, if it's him, he only shows up to get people that are naughty or misbehave or whatever. And, and that's when the he, mom's like, Duncan didn't do anything wrong. He's perfect. Yeah, so that's and, when, yes, the, the daughter... Uh, uh, Caprice come, says no actually he did he what do you think happened to all the animals in the neighborhood he killed the family cat so basically this kid's a little psycho yeah. come to find out and the father says we should do we should all confess because we're in a church and if we confess we're in a church mm-hmm. then our souls will be clean and we'll be forgiven yeah. is the is the, theor- the the thought process behind all this yeah. Caprice says admits she's a klepto she steals stupid things she's like but i'm not as bad as the other kids yeah so i she's, don't cut myself i don't do drugs i don't have yeah. sex i so just, like steal she just steal stuff yeah i just steal stupid little things and then we find out about the dad <laughs> yeah so the dad 
was going to Aunt Etta's to get her to invest in his company. And come to find out, he confesses now that there was no company. It's been under for years. I've just been going around just getting people to invest just to keep us afloat. How do you think I was going to pay? How do you think I pay for this nice house, for our, all of our vacations, for your jewelry? How do you think I pay for all this? And he's like, you know what? There's nothing. I, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna end up in jail. I'm going to jail yeah. for fraud and and embezzlement, and all that stuff. The wife's just like, I thought you just weren't interested in me anymore. Because he was like, he was doing it all for her, right? Yeah, and right. she just she thought it was because he wasn't interested. So you realize if they were only smart enough to talk to each other about how they felt and what was going on, all of this would have been avoided. Yes. You know what else could have avoided this situation? If in their trunk, they carried a little emergency kit with like a little shovel, some kitty litter, things like that. So they could just have gotten themselves out of that icy ditch. All right. Yeah. Some practical advice. And they wouldn't have been in the woods. Yes. So now. Just saying. All right. Fair enough. But Krampus was chasing them. So obviously he was going to get them no matter what. Perhaps. Okay. But anyway, Taylor gets yanked out of there after he makes this confession and the wife is about to, it sounds like she's about to say, but I love you or something. And boom, he gets yanked out of the confessional booth. He's gone. Mom and Caprice run into the confessional booth. Yes. I don't know if that's the right term for it, but that's I what I'm that's going what with. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I, I, I apologize to anybody that yeah. if I've got that wrong, but I think that's what it's called. They're in there. They're hiding and Caprice feels something. She feels something on her. her leg. She takes out that lighter that she stole from Aunt Etta's. And it's like this long forked tongue kind of slithering up her leg. Yes. And the mom stabs it with, she was holding, what did she have? It, it almost looked like a fire poker kind of uh, okay. sort of she thing. She must have grabbed it while they were in the church yeah. or something. And I, I, so yeah. mom stabs it and she's like, get ready to run. And they go out and she has her daughter run and she faces Krampus head yes. on. And Krampus takes her out. Rather quickly. Pretty Well, yeah. I mean, it's Krampus mm-hmm. after all. So she makes a run for it, gets to Aunt Etta's house, and while she's there, she encounters Krampus in the backyard. I'm just wondering, like, if, like, how they know from where they were and the direction they're going, how she knew how to get there. I'm presuming that it was just they didn't drive for very long. Had to have been. Because, yeah, otherwise, how, yeah, how would you know where you are? It's snowing, it's night. You're it was four hours it was away from snowy, home, but yeah, it was night. It was snowy out. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, yeah. And so yeah, she faces Krampus, and she's because she's running around. I'm gonna try to wake her up. Yeah, run around the house, bang on the windows. Yeah, yeah, no luck. So she comes around, and there's like kind of like a wood pile. Yeah, and there's this long branch, and she ends up impaling it, and then impaling she's like, the bran- She impales the branch. No, impaling Krampus with oh, the. You branch. said impaling it. Oh, I'm like impaling sorry. what? Yeah, Krampus with go. the long branch. And then she sees gasoline, pours some gasoline on him and takes out that lighter she stole <laughs> and lights him on fire. And then we see who Krampus is. Krampus is Gerhardt. Yes. Weird. The manservant. Huh? huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. So at that point, we get inside the house and we, fi- we figure out or Caprice figures out that the mom, or not the, I keep saying the mom or the grandma. It's Aunt Etta uh, for crying out loud. Yeah. The aunt. Well, she explains she, to her. She, she set them up. Well, no. Well, first we learned, she said that she's like the Krampus figure that Duncan had broke. She thought, now do we have to fix it? 
to get the spirit back in. Yeah, she was thinking, saying, yeah, the spirit of Krampus escaped this figurine. And or Aunt something. Edda explains, no, the spirit of Krampus. Yeah, this, it, it's just a. It's, that's just an old figure. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's the spirit that when somebody allows all this darkness and anger inside, Krampus can take over, and that's what happened with Gerhard. Yeah, and that's when Caprice realizes that Aunt Edda set up her and her family as bait. <laughs> Yes, she because knew. she knew that Krampus was going to take over Gerhardt. Somehow. She didn't want to get killed. She didn't want to get killed. So she sent the family out as bait for Krampus or Gerhardt, and he went after them, of mm-hmm. course. She wasn't counting on Caprice killing Gerhardt and Krampus. And now the Caprice is kind of putting all the pieces together as she's talking to her sweet old aunt. We figure out. Did she, you hear my eye roll there? <laughs> yeah. She slowly takes on the power of Krampus and Her becomes Krampus. Dark, yeah. So Caprice turns into Krampus and she, we don't know what happens, but we're presuming Krampus exacts revenge on, on Edda because it cuts away, but we're assuming that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So kind of a, kind of a neat little twist and ending on that one. Yes. Now Scott, Kim and Will, they get their Christmas tree. Again, we, as we said before, Will got lost for a minute, but they got him. They get back into the car, the truck. They go home. While they're eating dinner, they're having spaghetti. And you could tell this is where you first see something's going on with Will. Because he's eating the spaghetti and he's like shoveling this pasta into his mouth. Like, I don't know how this actor, this little actor, he had to be what, five, six years old. I don't know how the heck this kid did it. But he's just shoveling the food into his mouth. And it's like, he's not stopping at all. He's just It it made me think of that. That's probably what I look like when I eat. (laughs) He's just shoveling this food into his mouth. Just inhaling it. Just like constant so, shoveling. As just, soon as a bite swallows, there's more going yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. As fast as he puts the food in his mouth, the, the fork is down getting more food and bringing it right back. It's just so fast. It, it's quite the visual. You got to see it. So he's, this is when the family, or the parents realize something's wrong. So the mom's telling him to slow down, calm, you know, relax, relax. Breathe. Take take your time. It's what funny because I'm Calm just thinking, down. like, who cares? He's eating. You should be so lucky your kid is eating. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so then the the dad comes over. Scott comes over and tells him, "Hey, Will, didn't you hear your mother? Slow down. Slow down." And the, and and the kid picks up the fork and stabs his father in the hand with it. It's like, okay. I, I thought that was a great scene. <laughs> so he obviously loses it. Yeah. Gets gets upset. Loses Mom his temper. Per- so. And we this find is out where, oh. well, I feel like this is kind of where the way the mom reacts, the way she protects Will, you realize there's something else going on in this dynamic because yes. it's not just like a, if it were you and I, there, there's some things going on in the Something's past. Something's happened in the past. We come to find out that Scott is the police officer who Molly babysits for, and he's the police officer that found the two, their two classmates in the basement of the school the year prior. Mm-hmm. He's the one that discovered the crime scene and he refused any psychiatric help because it was a pretty traumatic event. I mean, having to discover bodies like that and it was pretty, yeah, it was just a traumatic thing. He refused counseling. Apparently it messed with his head. I mean, obviously it messed with his head a little bit and he never got help for it. So he's had temper issues. He, he's a drinker. He's drinking a lot during Christmas Eve here at the house. He's losing his temper with his small son. So that we, we figure out that that's where this story intertwines. Now we come to find out Will is not Will because in those woods where it was clearly stated no trespassing, 
there was a fence up and everything in those woods come to find out are changelings so changelings live on this land Mm -hmm. and the owner of the land happened to see this family leaving with one of the trees from his land he got their license plate and I don't know how they don't really explain, but he got their license plate and somehow figured out how to find out who they are and where they live and got their phone number and mm-hmm. he called their house. So Kim, the wife, picks up the phone and he tells her to bring back the cha- bring back your son or bring back how did he word it at well, first? Well first he's like you have, notice have you noticed something yeah, yeah. different? Yeah. And she didn't believe him at first. And he's trying yeah. to explain to her what it is. Yeah. And then as more things happen, she starts researching what it changed. Well, 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 is. she hangs up on him at first. Yeah. But she still researches it. She hangs up on him because he says, bring, bring, bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back to, bring it back to where you lost your son. And, you know, says that's not your son. And then she's like, don't call again and hangs up. At one point, she's in the shower. The son shows up in the shower, like as she's getting out of the shower. It's just weird. It was weird stuff. though. It's not like he's in the shower with mom. It's no, no, no. Like he's, he's on just, the other side of the curtain. Yeah, he's, yeah, and he's like checking her out as she's taking but it's a shower. Like, it's this curiosity, kind of like the food, everything. This yeah. this creature is experiencing all of this stuff for the first time. Yeah, and you realize it's not just this woman, but this mother protecting type i feel like there was a kind of a dynamic there of like with this creature it wasn't her son but it kind of was learning about humans yeah and it was yeah there's a part where she's taking a nap and you see this thing come under the covers and like a little hand reaches up kind of going up her chest and then she wakes up and she gets up there's no one there she looks in the room will's quote-unquote sleeping it's curious Right, and so we find out, again, Scott's drinking this whole time. He's listening to the radio where Dangerous Dan is on, so he's listening to the Dangerous Dan shows. There's more interweaving of the Mm -hmm. storylines there, and... He's got for some reason he's got his gun out on the table. I don't. I never. I didn't understand. He's like looking this. at like the old files. But he's looking at the case file from yeah. the year prior where the two children were found dead. This this case that's messed with his head so much, and he's got his gun out on the table. It's just weird. Like why is and his like, gun the out? The way it was laid <laughs> out. Yeah, I'm just like, like, like what's he do? What, is he contemplating suicide? Is he contemplating killing his family? Like it doesn't really say, but it's just, it's just his gun is there. It's just kind of weird. Like you don't, especially you have a kid in the house. You don't. Put your leave a gun out on, on the, the table. table like that, yeah. And he's drinking, so you're you're just kind of wondering what's yeah. what's going on with this gun guy. safety one hundred and one. Don't a, mix alcohol and guns. Yeah. So th- something's going on with this guy, and he hears a sound. Oh, I'm sorry, we, we we forgot the part. He he's laying out all the Christmas gifts and everything. He put out a special gift for his wife, and then he falls asleep on the couch. And he wakes up because he hears some noise, and he looks over and. All the presents are open, and whatever was in that special gift for his wife is all smashed to pieces. So he he's obviously upset. He's obviously really angry now. He gets up. He runs over to Will's room. Does he find Will? Well, Will's not in his room. No. But the wife, Kim, comes in. She's like, what's going on? And, yeah. and then Will comes in. Yeah. And, of course, Scott's reaction is, Taking off his belt. He's to taking give him a off whooping. his belt. He's yeah. gonna whip this kid. Yeah. This guy is old school discipline. Mm-hmm. Mom's trying to protect her son, and then she gets even more mad. She's like, "Get out of here!" Yes. So she kicks him out of the room. Out of the room, I guess. <laughs> I so took he, it as like, "Get out of the house!" And he leaves he the just room. Leaves the room. Okay. Ends up in the kitchen. Pours himself another drink. So he drinks some more, and then she's 
doing some research at this point? Where is this where she's doing research? I I think she was doing research, but then she I think she goes back in the room. I can't quite remember. But so Scott's in the kitchen. He's having a drink. And then we see something climbing the ceiling. That's right. Right behind him. You see something yeah. on the ceiling climbing towards him. And it's, it's the, Will. It's Will on the ceiling, cli- like crawling on the ceiling towards him. And then it cuts back to the wife and she's doing something and she hears a smash and she runs out to the kitchen in the living room where the Christmas tree is and all the presents and everything and where Scott apparently was kicked out too. And we see Scott wrapped up in Christmas lights laying down next to the tree. Or sitting, he's sitting, or sit, up, against or sitting, the sitting wall. up against the wall next to the tree and his hand is severed and his from his body. And his belt is strapped his around his neck. His belt is around his neck and he is dead. He dead. He is dead. So now she's freaking out Obviously, she knows, okay, what there is something going on here that isn't my son. About time. This guy that called me was telling me the truth. And now we get into her trying to figure out a way to coerce the changeling into going back to its home and, and with her. And the way she did it was so weird because I was like, what? she's like, you want to go for a ride? And she's like, obviously she's upset. Her husband's dead. I get that. But use that panic to be like, oh my God, we need to get out of here. Grab him so it doesn't know what's going on. You like get the kid out of there. Like, come on, let's go. We got to go. We got to go. Get him out. And I don't know. Okay. I guess if this were real, I suppose. I don't know. If I was booking it. If Yeah. If you're booking the movie. Fine. <laughs> But no, she she tries to. She ends up getting the kid back, or not, or well, not the she kid. Hits she hits it with a baseball bring, bat. Yeah, she hits the changing in the head with a baseball knocks bat. Knocks it out. Knocks it out. Brings it back and gets her son back. Basically, yeah. oh, but not before killing the guy who told her to bring it back. Yeah, by by accident because she brought the gun. Yeah, she brought she brought the gun. Typical frantic woman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> I did. She- <laughs> I just offended so many people, but remember what we say about being offended. Don't. Exactly. Don't. They're just words, people. Yeah, They're just don't, don't words waste your do energy not hurt on you. It. Words can't hurt you. No. Sticks and stones may break hey, we've my bones. Hey, we've all been there. It's okay. Just words laugh. Words will never hurt me. No. Whatever happened to that? Taking a quick know. side note. Whatever happened to that? That's when we were growing up. That's what we were, what we were taught. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Words will never hurt me. Right? Yeah. Why? Why do people allow words? To hurt and offend them so pussies, much now. damn it. Why? Huh. They're words. They can't they hurt you. They're just words. Well, words, words do hurt, it, but it's no. because you allow them to no. hurt you. It's a word. It can't hurt you. Exactly. Like you said, unless you allow it to. Because you allow it to hurt you. It's a word. Getting Who hit cares? by a car. Yes, that will hurt me. A word is not going to hurt you. Toughen you up, everybody. say something mean Come to on. me, it only hurts if Jeez. I let you hurt it. If, if I let, allow you to let it hurt me. Everybody toughen up. Yes. Stop getting so easily offended by yes. words. So anyway, frantic anyway, broad with a gun. Yeah. So she, she ends up shooting the guy whose land it is, who got his tree stolen, who tried to help her get her kid back. She shoots well, him. She, plus, she was pissed because he's like, I can't get your kid back. I don't know where he is. Well, he said, it's not up to me. I can't. It's not up to me. I can't get him back. I don't know where he is. It's not up to me. It's up to. But, it's up to the changelings if yeah. they want to give him back or not. It's well, not his fault. And she They're the ones it. that. So this is the thing, though. She, she begs it. And it walks away and it comes back and her son comes. So yeah. obviously, like I said before, I think that motherly connection appealed to it and it, it kind of 
felt something for her that it did that for her. I, I guess so. That's I how know. I see it. Sure. Why not? But that's the last story, and that's how that one ends. Now, we'll cut back, and we'll give the exciting conclusion of the whole movie, which is the culmination of the Santa at the North Pole story. So remember, he's fighting Krampus, mm-hmm. and he's got Krampus reeling. He's beating him down. He's he beating like him smash, down. He cuts off. He the cuts one off part horn. of his horn. It's like ice a, that shatters. Yeah, and then he's about to deliver the death he blow ha- with the axe. He gets an axe, and he's re- <laughs> yeah, he's ready to deliver this death blow, and all of a sudden, it's like this bright white light. Well, and no, Krampus is, starts begging to him. Well, no, but you see that because you're looking at him, and you hear Norman. Don't or something, you know. Yeah, and, why and, are you doing this, yeah. Norman? No, yeah. please don't kill and then me. And it's like what? And, and then it's Krampus's voice. Krampus is saying it, but it's not his voice. But he's saying it, and then all yeah. of a sudden you flash out, and you see that what's really happening. What's really happening? It's Norm. It's the Norm. meteorologist. Yeah, killing a, people. <laughs> he's in a Santa outfit, and he's in the he's in the mall, and he's just got he's gone nuts, and he's killing people. And the guy that's begging off that he was envisioning as Krampus in his delusion is just some like mall worker guy. <laughs> yeah, he's somebody, and he has you know the uh, headbands with he's the got, reindeer like, yeah, antlers. Yeah, he's got reindeer antlers, and on like his one's head. like halfway kind of crooked, broken. Yeah, but he's like, what, 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 what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And like <laughs> trying to, and he, it's like he starts realizing it's flashes, and like walking through the mall and. When he was killing people, he was smashing presents, and there he did kill people. So yeah. these all the that- elves that he killed were actually people. He's flashing back now and seeing, oh, that elf that stabbed me in the leg. That was actually yeah, just a was- girl working behind a kiosk who was scared, who was scared and trying to defend herself, and then he killed her. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he goes through and you see all the yeah. all the death that he's caused, and then the the you see the barn. It cuts back to him as Santa now mm-hmm. at the North Pole, and you see the door. The, the barn door with the bright light on the other side that's been bashing back and forth that we thought was Krampus finally kicks open and then it cuts back to the mall and we know what that light was. It's the SWAT team showed up mm-hmm. with their bright lights on him and he's got he raises the axe up again because he's just like, F it, I'm going to go yeah. out, I guess. He must have just figured, F it. And they all just, they take him down with a bunch of yep. bullets. It, that was the best, the best ending. What a finish. The way everything ties in and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And you know, they even like in Norm's flashback, he's in the bathroom dressing up as Santa and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. And he's like, then kind of puts the beard on, gets it together. Ho, ho, ho. Like the smile, like this guy has just mentally lost it. Yeah, he's he's broken. And he's just trying to hold it together. Yeah. And one of the things, I don't know if you noticed, he had a wedding ring on. Oh. Yeah. Just something I picked up on. And like it makes you wonder like is his wife this miserable person that contributes to like his mental demise or like you don't know but it's just something I saw and I'm like huh Hmm. that's interesting. Yeah I don't know. Could be. Could very well be. Could be just the actor forgot to take his ring off. I don't know. (laughs) It was such the way it was done was so wonderful. Yeah it was was everything everything tied in great i thought yeah it's just so well done it gives you that feeling inside and you're like holy shit <laughs> what yeah. the this is great really 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 enjoyed this movie it was Love really good movie. now i gotta say i got i got a couple of things i gotta pick apart just because it wouldn't be the home record podcast unless i was being critical of it you critical yeah never so the the family 
and this is this is kind of a problem I think with movies now in general, especially horror movies, where you're kind of rooting for the bad guy, the quote unquote bad guy, to take out these main characters. They're so unlikable. Mm-hmm. This family is so unlikable. Like the kid is just a little smart ass, and and come to find out he's a serial killer too, or a serial killer in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the girl's a little klepto. But I think it works for this because Kromp- it's Krampus is coming after them. Yeah, if but- they were nice people. And they're just getting hunted down. You'd yeah, be like, oh, I, I, it doesn't I make guess. sense. They have to be bad. Sure. I just, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, ah, I don't know, just something about it. I'm like, I want, I can't wait to see these people get theirs because they're so annoying. And I feel like they do that a lot in horror movies nowadays. Like the main characters just, they're annoying. And it's obviously by design, but it's like, what happened to the, the evil, you're supposed to vanquish the evil with good, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that like what's supposed to happen in stories? And I feel like the just the the way it's done now, it's almost like the bad guy is the good guy because that's the one you're rooting for. Well, it's like the bad guy is the hero. Yeah. And it's just kinda to me, call me old fashioned, but it's just it's just a little it's a little backwards. You I want don't your bad guys bad. I want my bad guy to be bad. Your good guys to be good, yeah. damn it. I mean that's the point, yeah. right? That's what they're supposed to be. The but that thing- was one of the things that I was nitpicking. And the other thing, and then, and then I'll let you go if you don't mind. The, the the scene where they had Molly and Ben having sex, I thought, I'm watching it and I'm just like, this just doesn't feel right. This just, this isn't right. Just showing two kids. I mean, grant it's simulated, obviously. They're not. And they're, they're, they're teenagers. They're teenagers. But still, they're teenagers. They're, well, it's I funny just you feel say like that because there's done this. like how there's a part she kind of. She has a short jean skirt on. Okay, yeah. it is wintertime and you're wearing yeah. a jean skirt, but okay, well, we'll kind of move past that. And she does this thing, she like hikes it up. And it's not like you see anything. No, but you don't I, see anything. But still, I mean, I'm just I am like, not a prude, but I'm like, was it necessary? That's uh, what I'm saying. It was. It was just you can do you can do stuff like that without having to show anything. Yeah, and you didn't and see just, anything. No, you didn't see anything. But just you see her going up and down on him. You see his face, her face, and it's just kind of well. Like, her face is just like she's she's just like, stoic because she's possessed. So yeah. she just kind of like let's she's get this like, over with kind of thing. Yeah. But still, it just. I, I just felt like it was a little gratuitous. It's too much. Mm. I, I felt weird watching it. Like, okay, this is just weird. I didn't, I don't know. Again, nitpicking, but. I get that. But with the family, I, I just look at it. As I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You, now that you've it explained it that way, I'll give, I'll give you that. Because they, they have to be like that. So there's that reason for Krampus to no, be after that. No, I, I, I agree. You're right. I, I'll give you that one. Fair because enough. Because if they went to Aunt Edda's, and they were wonderful and they were kind. Do you think any of that would have happened? Uh, probably not. Exactly. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one. I All just, right. it, it was just kind of, it made me think about how just movies in general are now with the protagonists, the heroes are so unlikable. You, How many movies have we watched recently where I'm like, I don't, care about these people that i hope they die i think like, all th- of they're them. <laughs> i'm completely indifferent to whether it's a tv show or 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 movies and i'm not going to give specific examples right now but it just seems like everything we watch now it's like well what okay yeah like why should i care about this i agree do you have anything that you want to say about the movie other than it's awesome and we loved it and everything else the anything you notice that you want to pick apart well no it's just the stories with um the kids at the school will scott and Kim and then Caprice and her family. Those stories are all interesting, but it was Santa that t- 
ties into the radio station. Those, the way it all tied together, but that Santa story, I think that's what made me love this movie so much. Yeah, just the swerve at the end where you realize it's not really Santa at the North Pole. It's yeah. Storm and Norman. It's, it's almost <laughs> like the, you go through the everything. going nuts. I felt like the movie itself, it's good. But then that part where you realize it's Norman, that is what like made me love this movie. Yeah, that definitely made it super memorable for me too because that that that's that's a finish. Like that's a good finish for a movie. And they again, they did a wonderful job tying everyone in together. Yeah, everything tied in well together. Everything made sense in that way. And it's good cuz it's almost like if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't know how it gets tied in together. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like in your face with a lot of the stuff. It was very subtle the yes. way they were they were interweaving all of these yeah. uh, these plots and storylines. So you mentioned Santa and he was played by an actor named George Buza. This guy was awesome. He was. He was such a good Santa. <laughs> Watching him as the badass Santa. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you don't picture Santa as a badass. No, you don't of picture not. him as this smart, tough guy. It's always this kind of fat, jolly, happy yeah, big, guy. Jolly, ho ho ho! Jolly fat dude gives up gifts, eats yeah. drinks milk, and eats cookies. Yeah. You don't think of him as being this tough guy, and the way he portrayed Santa, it was like. Yes, this is how I want to see my yeah, Santa. Yeah, yeah. Badass. Exactly. Because yeah. even in the beginning, he was so kind, like with his elves. You can tell, like, right. he worked hard, but he wasn't afraid. This guy had no fear. You know, Jingles is talking about, oh, there's a storm on the eastern seaboard. And he's like, uh, I'm not going to worry about it. It's yeah. he just, he has no he, fear and very confident. Right. He played, he played it and portrayed it like the ultimate tough guy. Because yeah. if you think about it, the the most badass toughest guys in the world and on the planet usually really gentle kind yeah. you know why because they can be because they could kick your ass and they know it and so they they got nothing to be afraid of he portrayed that so well he did a great so job. great so good now we we mentioned William Shatner as as Dangerous Dan the DJ and he was awesome in this so just good. some of the stuff that he was saying I I kind of felt like felt like was it part of the script or do you think he was ad-libbing? Because I felt like he was ad-libbing. I don't know that's, for sure, but that's kind of the feeling like. I got was he was just kind of winging it. Going He's up talking about baby Jesus. Oh, oh I can't yeah. say baby Jesus. Can't it's say Christmas. baby Jesus anymore. It's Christmas for crying out loud. The war on Christmas. Just stuff yeah. he was saying. It was just, it was awesome. And I, I almost feel like they wrote, I don't, again, I don't know this for sure, but this is the feeling I got was they wrote out a script for him and he was just kind of, He's William Shatner. What are you going to say to William Shatner? And they just kind of rolled camera. You say and he thank just, you. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And he just kind of started going and winging it. And they were, they probably were like, well, this is better than what was in the script. Or it was the script and it was just that well done. Possibly. I don't, I don't know. But it was just that was the feeling I got from it. It was so well done. It was. It by, was entertaining. Him. Yeah, it was so good. So good. And then uh, who was the other? The We, we already mentioned Julian uh, uh, Richings who played yes. Gerhardt. How he was in Supernatural, he plays death in that show, and that—that's he's—he's a good character actor for sure. But he's a guy that he's got a very distinct, unique look. Roles like this, I feel this guy's like tailor made for stuff like this. Yeah, his part was small, but it was still good. Right? Yeah. Did you know that this movie? It it wasn't released in theaters. It was like a direct-to-video kind of thing, and 
when it came out for sale at some Walmart stores, they changed the title of it yeah, from wasn't a it Christmas like a horror story, story or something. A holiday horror story is what they called it. But just on the packaging, if you put, like, say you buy the DVD, if you bought the DVD that said a holiday horror story on the packaging, you put it in the, once you started to watch it, it says a Christmas horror story. I think that's ridiculous. It's so, I, yeah, I just don't get that. But it's the name know, of the movie. It's the, yeah, right. It's like they're censoring Christmas. Really? Come on. I, I guess so. Again, Everybody out there, words can't hurt you. Nope. And like, and, words. And like we said last time, it, we've said this before. If you celebrate, if you don't celebrate Christmas, don't get offended. We say Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. Like we're not sure. saying Merry Christmas to offend you if you don't celebrate that. It's to feel a feeling that we care and it's a greeting. That's all. Yeah, it's just. Words can't hurt it's, you. It's words. Everybody chill out about that. Anyhow. So the movie came out October 2nd of 2015. Like we said, it was straight to video. We mentioned before it was not rated. I said rated. I was wrong. It's not rated. Not rated. And it was filmed entirely in Toronto, Canada. So that would explain the snow and everything else. And apparently, I'm not sure if it took place in Canada because it didn't say, but it just mentioned the town where the radio station was, where it was broadcasting, and the mall that Norman went to was in Bailey Downs. Mm-hmm. And another movie took place there. It, what was it? Ginger, was like, Ginger Snaps? Ginger Snaps. I never yeah. saw that movie, but I, I saw this on the IMDb trivia. But. I watched that movie. I, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. It was like, part of it was on. I, I watched a part of it. But yeah, that movie, Ginger Snaps, apparently takes place there as well. So the director of one this of the directors. One of the directors, excuse me, of, of, of A Christmas Horror Story was a producer on Ginger Snaps. So I yes. guess that's how the... I don't think the movies are related in any way whatsoever. They were both filmed in Toronto. Well, Ginger Snaps was other places in Canada, but Toronto is one as well. Okay. But yes, but it, the storyline shares the, They just share the, the town. town. Right. And then uh, we don't know the name of the town that Caprice and her family went to because no. it doesn't say, but it, all we get out of that is that it was four hours away. And then obviously the Santa storyline takes place at the North Pole, but really is also in Bailey Downs. Yes. Now... At the mall food drive. At the, yes, at the food drive. And speaking of the food drive, forgot to mention another thing intertwining the stories. Ben, with the ones with Molly and Dylan at the school, he at mentions once they get locked in the basement, he's supposed to be at the food drive helping out. So That's I guess right. either way, fate was already decided for him. Yeah, if he would have been at the mall food drive, he probably would have run into Norman. Who would have killed him? Dispatched of him rather quickly. Yes. Yes. So that was just meant to be. It was in his cards, apparently. Yeah. I definitely would give this movie a strong recommend. If you haven't already figured that out, I would definitely recommend going and checking it out. I know it's it's. uh, We got it on Vudu, so we we purchased it on Vudu, and I'm pretty sure it's still available for DVD purchase and yeah. I'm You'd hoping streaming. people watched it first. Yeah, definitely, definitely watch it, and then I'll, I'll try to remember to put something <laughs> out on our social media. Watch it first. Yeah, watch it first if you can. If not, hopefully you get some enjoyment out of this. Yeah. And I'd still say watch it because that's the other thing for a movie like this that was straight to video or straight to streaming or whatever you want to call it, something that bypassed the theaters. I don't know what the budget was, but it was really well done. The special effects, everything, the the makeup effects, all that stuff, everything was really, really well done. You could tell yeah, this was. movie was done with with a lot of there was a lot of 
whoever the, the filmmakers really enjoyed this movie and they really put their best effort forth I again I don't know what the budget was I couldn't find information on that anywhere it wasn't on IMDB like it normally is but I think that's because it didn't have a theatrical release just a really well done movie I was very surprised when I found out it was a straight to video thing because like I said it seems very the budget seemed like it was high budget if it wasn't hey even they more did a great job it. It I, I hope they made money off the movie yeah yeah I think hopefully it's kind of one of more of a those cult classics it, i don't know i don't even it, know if it's it's considered that yet i don't, I don't even know, know. If, i, I let, let's I'd try never to make it, it one yeah. I, I want everyone go go check this go movie watch out this movie go watch buy it. it for five bucks on voodoo yeah go check it out watch it it's it's really 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 good it's, if you like horror movies it's it's definitely a, a great horror movie if you like this horror movies that take place at christmas time fun christmas it's a movie. fun christmas movie absolutely again it's not rated and it it does have a lot of gory scenes and the language, uh, some of the elves especially. It's not a fun family Christmas movie. It's not movie. a family movie. So don't watch this with children if you care what if you they like watch. Your kids. If you like your kids. Yeah, you probably don't want them getting nightmares about the no. zombie elves running around. But it's definitely worth checking out. So highly recommend it. Check it out when you get a minute if you haven't already. And on that note, on this wonderful Christmas edition of the Home Record Podcast... I'd like to thank you all for listening. Thank you guys so much. We love all of you. Thank you so much for helping us to grow the show. And we have been seeing significant growth week to week, which is really, really great. So thank you to everybody that's getting the word out, that's telling their friends, their coworkers. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, please go on over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. It really helps people to discover and find the show, and it helps us to grow our audience. Think of it as your Christmas gift to us. There it is. Yeah. There it is. And we we really appreciate everybody's support. And we also love hearing from you. Again, remember that special Christmas gift from Monique to all of you, Mm -hmm. or I should say to the first five of you that take her up on this offer. First five listeners that are following me either on my Twitter or Instagram. Twitter is, again, underscore Monique Giselle underscore. Instagram is Tarot by Monique. Follow me on one of those. Send me a DM with the word Homewrecker. And one of the first five to do that, if you're the first five, you will get a free tarot reading from me. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. And don't forget about your website, too. Yes tarotbymonique.com yes tarotbymonique.com and of course you can always reach out to both of us in regards to the show let us know what you think what you like what you don't like tell my wife how beautiful she is how wonderful and awesome she is please feel free I tell her all the time I still don't think it's enough wouldn't that be weird getting messages you're beautiful okay thank you now whatever okay who cares I don't care People get to, it's a fact. What am I going to get upset Aww, with somebody saying you. that you're beautiful? You are beautiful. You're gorgeous. Thank you. You're my trophy wife. I don't, what do I, I'm not worried keep about anything. Keep it polite. I yeah, guess. just keep yes. it polite. Respectful. Sure. Respectful. Yeah, thank you. There yeah. you go. Keep it respectful. But reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at Pod. our Instagram, Homewrecker Podcast, and our website, www.homewreckerpodcast.com. So please feel free to reach out. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Just say hi. 
Whatever it is. Yeah. And let us know if you watch this movie, let us know your thoughts. Yeah, what do you think of this movie? Do you yeah. like it as much as we do? Yeah, are we overselling it or are we underselling it or somewhere in between? Do we think of things that you did too? Are we sharing some of the same thoughts? Let us know. Yes, please let us know. And until next time. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I've been joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you all. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. It's getting closer, and we're counting down to Christmas, and Dangerous Dan is pulling his annual double shift to stay with you until the end. What? What? We're uh, Okay, well, we're going to check in with good old Stormer Norman down at the Charity Food Drive. Hey, Norman. Normie, you're a little, uh, little scratchy there, buddy. What? I did press the button, Susan. Why don't you press your own button? Sorry, folks. Looks like we got some of those winter weather technical difficulties. Too many reindeer in the atmosphere. <laughs> That's my bet. So let's uh, throw another eggnog on the fire. No, wait a minute. Let's, uh, let's throw another log on the fire and pour yourself another eggnog. You know, get some good Christmas vibes. Out to Susan, who is seriously harshing my buzz right now. And listen to this holly, jolly classic. It's complete and utter chaos down at the mall. Police and emergency crews are on the scene. We don't really know what's going on. And still no word from Storm and Norman. But I'm sure a crusty old bird like Norman will be fine. We give Norm a hard time around here, but he's the weatherman, so... 
I think he has a master's degree from Columbia or something depressing like that. But we love him, so check in as soon as you can, Normie. In the meantime, it's my job to keep the Christmas spirit alive, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Let's give this next Yuletide tune a spin.